You're listening to the Plano Pulse, a Plano Chamber podcast keeping you in tune with the heartbeat of the local business community. It's time for Plano Pulse with your hosts, Jamie Jolly and Lamont Thomas. Thank you for joining us for Plano Pulse, recorded here at the Plano Chamber office located in the Legacy Texas Business Center. I'm Jamie Jolly, President and CEO of the Plano Chamber of Commerce. And I'm Lamont Thomas, 2019 Board Chair of the Plano Chamber. Before we introduce today's guest, I'd like to take a moment to share a quick message from the sponsor of today's episode, DART. So it's like talking about old friends when we talk about DART. Uh, Dallas Area Rapid Transit have partnered with the Plano Chamber in so many ways to benefit our community. But it's surprising that some people don't know about one of the biggest benefits they offer to businesses. It's called ePass. ePass gets people to work on time and without the stress of driving in traffic. And research shows that rush hour driving raises your blood pressure and cortisol levels for up to an hour after arriving at work. That's bad for productivity and workers' health. One more thing, ePass saves employees over $4,000 a year compared to driving to work. See if ePass is right for you at dart.org ePass. Thank you again to our friends at Dart for sponsoring today's episode. Now I have the honor of introducing our special guest, State Representative Jeff Leach. Representative Leach probably serves the citizens of House District 67, consisting of portions of Plano, Allen, Richardson, and Dallas and Collin County. Representative Leach was appointed by Speaker of the House Dennis Bonin to serve as Chairman of the House Committee on Judiciary and Civil Jurisprudence and was named to the House Committee on Pensions, Investments, and Financial Services. Born and raised in Plano, Representative Leach graduated from Plano Senior High before completing his undergraduate from Baylor University and went on to earn his law degree from Southern Methodist University's Dedman School of Law. Thank you for being here today, Representative Leach. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. So coming off the heels of session, um, I understand you were able to unplug for a little bit, have some family time. Congratulations. I know it's been a, a rough few months just being away from the family and being in Austin, but I know you enjoy your time serving. Um, talk to us a little bit about how you would characterize the difference between this session and what you've seen in prior sessions. Well, again, thanks for having me uh, this morning. It's great to be here. And, uh, you know, serving as a state representative, is it's a blessing and a burden. Um, of course, it's, it's always difficult to pick up and leave home, uh, leave Becky and the kids for five months, 140 days every two years. Having said that, the, the honor and privilege of getting to walk on the floor of the Texas House of Representatives and advocate for the people of House District 67 is a, is a tremendous honor. And I, I would say when you compare the 86 legislative sessions to past sessions, this one was uniquely positive and productive. It was collaborative. We, of course, in the Texas House have our challenges, our debates, our deliberations, our disagreements. But this session uh, was unique in that the House and the Senate, Republicans and Democrats, urban, rural representatives and senators came together and focused on the big priorities of the state. And we delivered for the people of Texas, not only those Texans who are here now, but all those Texans who are on the way. And I'm very proud of what we accomplished this session. It, it did feel like it was very productive, felt like things were moving, and um, but I also felt like there was a lot of engagement. We just on a personal note from the Plano Chamber, we appreciate the engagement from your staff and the other staff of the delegation and being able to really talk through some of those issues because there were a lot of big issues facing um, 
the, the session this year. So again, we appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I so appreciate you, Jamie, and your leadership of the Plano Chamber, your members. Um, there, it's, it's impossible for me to do my job effectively without engagement from the people who my votes affect. Sure. And whether that's the business community, the education community, taxpayers, parents, whoever it may be, um, having that active uh, line of communication, open line of communication, mm-hmm. working hand in hand, arm, arm in arm with you is so important to me. And so thank you for yeah. uh, your, your help in making this session so successful. Great. So Jeff, one of the biggest priorities for the chamber this session was public re- school reform. Can you walk us through the highlights of HB3? Well, yeah, this was one of the big priorities, not only for the chamber, but uh, for our district and for the entire state. We knew going into this legislative session, because the voters told us in November very clearly that public education reform, that school finance specifically, hand in hand with property tax relief and reform were the big issues headed into this session. And so while we consider thousands of pieces of legislation, we knew that this bill, HB3, House Bill 3, the School Finance and Public Education Reform Bill, was a must-pass. It was a non-negotiable for us. Had we not gotten that bill passed uh, by the end of session, there's no question that we would be back in special session right now. And so under the leadership of Governor Abbott and Speaker Bonin and um, our work in the House, we were able to come together and deliver for the educators and students of this state putting nearly actually over $11 billion in new funding into public education, making sure that that money gets to the classrooms and not only spending more money on education, but reforming the way that money is spent, um, putting in additional state aid, which for Plano specifically has substantially relieved our Robin Hood burden. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yes, we're spending more on education. I would say not only spending, we're investing more in our classrooms, in our educators, in our students. And we're doing it in such a way that under the, the terms, the provisions of House Bill 3, it's really going to have an impact, a, a meaningful impact. It's a 300-page bill, so I don't want to go into too much detail with you. I'm happy <laughs> yes, to answer specific you. questions. But, but I will tell you this. It's transformative. It's generational. It's historic school finance reform. And um, I was very proud to support it. And I would say y'all focused a lot on what are the outcomes that we want? What do we want these students when they come out of our public education system in Texas to be able to achieve? And I think there was a lot of time spent on talking about the outcomes and even a special task force to really address those. And I think that was a difference maker, especially for those that are trying to employ these students as they come out into the workforce. We want to make sure we know what to expect from those students. And um, it's been it's been good to see that change. Yeah, that's right. We we from the beginning of this session, in fact, going back to last session, uh, Jamie, you mentioned the School Finance Commission, which studied this in great detail, is making sure that if we are going to spend more on public education, which we knew we needed to do that, um, that we were spending it in the right way, investing it the right way, and that um, the right programs and structures and policies were put in place. And, and we believe that the money that we're spending is going to uh, have a great return on investment uh, for the future of this great state, preparing the workforce of tomorrow. And uh, again, that would not have been possible without your active support and engagement along with us. Well, thanks. Do you think this can be the model for other states? I do. I do. I, I think that um, if there's anything that we proved in the Texas Capitol this session, certainly to our friends in Washington, D.C. and to other states as well, is that, look, you, you can have your political disagreements, your policy disagreements. But at the end of the day, uh, the Texas House of Representatives specifically, also the Texas Senate, but the Texas Capitol showed the rest of the country that when the voters speak um, and tell us so clearly that public education is important, that property tax relief is is important, that school safety is important. 
we can put our differences aside and come together and deliver and then now come back home and live and work under the laws that we create. And so, yes, I believe that what we did this session can and should create a model for the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. So you alluded to um, our new Speaker of the House, Dennis Bonin, and um, he is the former chair of Ways and Means. Um, his leadership style has been different, um, but his impact has been profound this past session um, being in that role. So talk a little bit about the difference and just, I know you all enjoy a good relationship and um, and he's he's definitely made a difference. You know, the, the job of the Speaker of the House, and I've, I've believed this um, for as long as I've served in the House, the job of the Speaker of the House is not necessarily to, to drive a specific bill or a specific piece of legislation even not necessarily to set an agenda, but it is to set a tone and to allow to create an environment where every state representative, whether it's the most uh, conservative Republican or the most liberal Democrat, whether it's that representative from rural Texas or urban Texas, where every single one of us is empowered to represent our districts. Mm -hmm. And the speaker did that this session. And uh, he told us from the beginning, he said that, that everyone had a place, everyone had a role, Everyone had uh, was equipped and empowered to to advocate vigorously for their district, and he did tell us that public education was his number one priority. That property tax relief and reform was right there with it, and but he didn't tell us specifically, Jamie, what to do. Sure. He didn't say here's what the bill has to look like or here's the bill you're going to pass. He said here's where we're headed. Here's what the people of Texas want us focused on, and he kept us laser focused on those issues. And so I'm so proud of his leadership. Um, we, we were not perfect this session. Uh, he was not a perfect leader, but he, he was a, a great, effective leader for the Texas House, just what we needed and what the people of Texas needed this session. And, you know, I've, I'm one of those people that I enjoy sitting at my computer and watching what happens in the Texas House. And um, it was interesting just to see the difference this session. But I felt like there was a lot of good, healthy debate and um, a lot of good conversation, and people were able to have a chance to really lay out their positions and I felt like that was a little bit different than in the past and I felt like there was more camaraderie even between different parties and like you said rural and urban right. uh, representatives. So yeah he, he cre- like I said he created an environment where folks whether it's in committees or in back rooms or on the floor of the Texas House where where every member knew that if they wanted to go into the speaker's office or walk onto the floor of the Texas House and and disagree or debate or put forward an idea that they were empowered, not just allowed, but empowered to do so. And the speaker created that environment, and we as his leadership team knew that that was important to him, and so it was very important uh, for us to foster that environment too. Great. So a question. I don't want to get lost in the whole school finance, that it was all about financing school. There was a lot of focus placed on mental health for kids. Can you talk about what stood out and really drove the focus on mental health for the kids? Well, it's a great, um, I'm glad you brought that up because um, from my perspective as state representative for my district, and I know a lot of the other state reps had the same experiences, last fall um, I made it a point to visit every single public school in District 67, nearly 50 public school campuses. And Lamont, at every school I went into, I would ask educators, principals, students themselves, you know, what keeps you up at night? What are some of the challenges that you're dealing with? What do you need? What are you concerned about? And you know what? Every campus was unique. Every campus had its own unique challenges, different ideas, different concerns. But one of the running threads, something I heard at every single campus that I went into was their concerns about mental health. And this was coming off of the the terrible school shooting at Santa Fe. Um, and, And so 
that there is a, a great concern about some of the things that our kids and our schools these days are dealing with, are struggling with. They're, they're struggling with things that, frankly, I, growing up in Plano schools just 20, 25 years ago, did not struggle with. So we knew going in that specifically when it comes to school safety, when it comes to protecting our classrooms, creating an environment in our schools where education uh, educators can thrive and students can learn, that, that we had to focus on mental health. And so what we did is we, we invested money, we created a mental health consortium, we passed a series of bills that, that will put a new focus on the mental health of our kids in our classrooms. Importantly, I will mention, um, I passed an amendment to one of those bills that requires there to be informed parental consent. So this is a partnership between our schools, our parents, law enforcement, hospitals, medical professionals, our universities, and experts. And I, I believe that, that Texas, you mentioned or asked earlier whether we kind of set the standard for the rest of the country. I think this is a great example of how we did that. And, and it's my hope that other, other states can follow our lead. That's great. We've got more questions for Chairman Leach, including his thoughts on um, his role as a new chairman. But first, let's take a quick break for a message from the presenting sponsor, Plano Pulse Legacy Texas. I want a commercial banker who's all about relationships. Scratch that. I want a commercial banker who's all about results. At Legacy Texas, we're with you. You expect a great relationship from your banker. What they do with it, that's what really matters. We take a business approach to all banking. So whether you're building a practice or expanding your company, you'll appreciate working with a Legacy Texas banker. And you'll appreciate the results even more. Legacy Texas. Change your mind about banks. Member FDIC. And we're back with our guest, Chairman Jeff Leach. So, Jeff, the Texas economy is booming, and our budget reflected that with an 8% increase in spending. Can you help our listeners understand what areas were prioritized and why? It's a big budget. It's also a, a smart, conservative budget. Our economy is thriving. It's robust. In, um, in nearly every measurable category, the Texas economy is leading the country. And, and it's one thing to get to be number one, like Texas is. It's quite another to stay number one. And so we knew that we had to pass a budget uh, this session that, that funds the priorities of the state, but that does so in a way that respects and, and protects the taxpayers. Uh, we're also faced with the very, uh, or we were faced with the reality of coming off the costliest natural disaster in the history of the country in Hurricane Harvey. Our needs with respect to public education, our desire and commitment to provide real, sustainable, meaningful property tax relief for our citizens. And so we passed a, a nearly $250 billion, with a B, billion-dollar two-year <laughs> budget for the state. I, I don't think there's any other state in this country that, with, that could have been faced with the challenges that we were, the needs that we had. And, and still delivered meaningful property tax relief uh, for our, for our uh, taxpayers across the state. So we focused, yes, on public education. We focused on property tax relief. We, we focused on taking care of Hurricane Harvey and also, I would say, planning for the next natural disaster, which has cost a lot of money. We focused on school safety. We focused on continuing to fund transportation and uh, our criminal justice system, new courts across the state. So it's, it's a great budget that I'm, I was very proud to support and play a part in. It, it funds the priorities of the state and it prepares for all of the future growth that's to come. And so I think it's a budget that, that we can all be, be very proud of. Yeah. This was your first session as chairman of the Judiciary and Civil Jurisprudence Committee. So congratulations on that role. Um, I know it became very personal this session for you. For our listeners, uh, your wife, Becky, had the chance to actually come before your committee and give testimony. And so I would like for you to talk a little bit about that. But there was a lot of good work that you were able to achieve in that role. And kind of what do you see going forward 
uh, for that committee and also the work that you started there? Well, it, it, it's an it's an important committee, and I was so honored and humbled that Speaker Bonin selected me as chairman. Uh, we did a lot of really great work um, to strengthen our civil justice system, to, to um, strengthen our courts, to make sure people, every single Texan uh, with means or no means, has access to our court system. And uh, we set the standard for the rest of the country, and so I'm very proud of what we did. And there's, there's no bill I'm more proud of this session than... Um, than the bill that my good friend from Tarrant County, Representative Goldman, filed um, relating to uh, child sexual abuse and assault and the statute of limitations, uh, doubling the statute of limitations, making Texas one of the strongest states in the country mm -hmm. when it comes to uh, civil statute of limitations. That bill came through my committee, and um, and I'll never forget, uh, for as long as I live, uh, my mm -hmm. my precious wife and your, your friend, yes. uh, Becky, um, who's my high school sweetheart, and... Uh, knows this chamber very well. Uh, she testified and shared her personal story, uh, heartbreaking personal story in front of our committee. And, uh, you know, that's a perfect example of um, a, a really dark, tragic story being turned into good. And Becky so courageously and bravely sat in front of our committee. And I think without her voice and her story, her courage, uh, that bill would not have passed, probably wouldn't have even been filed. So we passed it. And um, I'm so thankful for her. And yes. I think I can say I love her on yes, your show, you right? Can. You can. I do. I love her more than ever. Yes. She's just such a remarkable bright light for the state. Well, she so. did. She she put a light on something that so many people in our state, unfortunately, have been faced with. Mm -hmm. um, I also know locally for Collin County, part of the work of the committee was to help fund additional um judges so that we can get more caseload um, through the system. Is that correct? That's right. So um, I passed legislation as chair of the Judiciary and Civil Jurisprudence Committee. Um, we, we filed a bill that creates dozens of new courts across the state. You know, we're growing. Uh, we've got millions of people who are who are on their way to Texas, and we've already got our all across the state backlogs in our, in our courts. Our dockets, our judges are in many cases overworked and so we in in communities all across the state including here in collin county created opened uh new courts mm -hmm. two in collin county we also devoted a magistrate to collin county which will help relieve some of the uh, the criminal burden from our current courts and uh it it's going to be felt it's going to be felt in our courthouse our judges are going to feel it our, our juries are going to feel it and litigants it, people should know that they can walk into their school boards, that they can walk into their capital, that they can walk into their city halls, and yes, that they can walk into their courts and and seek justice. And so I was very proud to ensure that that, that happens here in Collin County. Great. Congratulations. Thank you. So, Jeff, you've had a few days to reintroduce yourself to your family. So what are you starting to work on now in preparation for next session? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> you're right. It, it is as much as I love... Um, and feel a tremendous sense of awe of being in Austin, walking into that Capitol, getting to work in that building. It, it's there's there's nothing better except walking into my own house and uh, and and re getting reacquainted with Brady and Charlotte and Landry and Becky. It's great to be home. I'll tell you that. But we are already uh, working. Um, certainly to reconnect with the district, to listen to the district. We're back home now. And so over the course of the next 18 months in advance of the, the next legislative session, we'll be going on a listening tour of the district. This is the most important part of my job. Voting, working on legislation, working at the Capitol is, of course, important. But the most important part is being back at home listening. It's how I understand and know what's important to the district. And so that's what we're going to do over the next 18 months. And we've already started and we're having a lot of fun doing it. Good. 
So I always find it very interesting. There are always random bills that get passed during the session. What would you say are some of the more random bills that the average citizen might not have heard of? I think it's always interesting when they come out and publish that list. So. Oh, well, man, there's, there's Jamie, as you know, um, thousands of pieces of legislation filed. Of course, we've only talked about a few here uh, um, but, but there were over 7,000 bills filed this session, and some of them are fairly interesting. One of the, the bills that we weren't able to get passed was dealing uh, doing away with daylight savings time. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. Texans are, like, equally divided on whether we should have daylight wow. savings time or not. And uh, so, th- interestingly, um, and frankly, surprisingly to me, that's actually a pretty hot, vigorous debate when it comes to <laughs> doing away with daylight savings time. Um we considered legislation, Jamie, that would let you have more than six chickens in your backyard, uh, would let you shoot feral hogs from um, hot air balloons. Um, you know, we, we consider all sorts of uh, crazy, strange bills. But I'll tell you this, every single one of those bills came from a Texan. That idea yep. it's, it came from someone who either had a concern or dealt with an issue, and they went to their state representative, their legislator, their advocate, and said, I need you to pass a bill on this. And uh, that the best ideas sometimes the craziest, funniest ideas come from our constituents. Yeah. Well, and real quick to wrap up. So um, talk to us about the lemonade stand bill, because I think we want to, as a, a business community, we want to foster entrepreneurship. And unfortunately, one of the unintended consequences of just ordinances that exist and, and law that it had existed in our state, um, kids could not go put up a a lemonade stand and so you all worked I know it was something you were passionate about and it's it's, the, it's the craziest thing that we're, we're even having a discussion in this country about whether a, a child who wants to have a lemonade stand out in front of their house has to go get the government's permission to do so <laughs> but the reality is um, in some communities across the state not every community I don't even think in our community that that some cities were requiring those kids to go get permits mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> That, that, that to me is, is something that every Texan should be able to, uh, to agree on, that a kid who wants to take the initiative and go outside and make a lemonade, you know, make lemonade and set up a table and sit out in the 100-degree Texas <laughs> right. heat and try to make $5 should be able to do so. Um, and so we passed legislation that essentially allows them to do so. It's, uh, it was a, it's actually a great, meaningful bill, and I was proud to support it. Was. And we're glad you did because those are future members of the Plano Chamber. That's, That's right. right. That's, That's right. right. Absolutely. So, Jeff, we're all out of time for today's episode. Chairman Leach, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. Thank you. Thanks for okay. having me, and thank you for all you do. And, Jamie, congratulations on your uh, your very successful tenure here yeah. at the Plano Chamber. We will miss you. Well, thank you. It is um, one of our last episodes as um, serving as president and CEO of this great chamber. So, Again, thank you for being here. We also want to give special thanks to Legacy Texas for their partnership as the presenting sponsor of Plano Pulse, as well as DART, today's episode sponsor. Contact us to learn more about how your business can join Legacy Texas and DART as sponsors of this podcast. And that's the end of our show for today. Please let us know your thoughts and share with your friends and colleagues. Also, be sure to download the new Plano Chamber app to listen to Plano Pulse on the go. Thanks for listening.